Hello, John. Mr. DNA, where did you come from? <laughs> well, from your blood. Yeah. That's like my favorite thing and anything. Yeah. Um, Sorry, where, where were we? Uh, uh, well, we're not talking about that this week. That's next week's oh, episode. Yeah. Next week's episode, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Which they had the perfect... <laughs> they had the perfect opportunity to call that shit Jurassic World The Lost Park. Yeah, okay. So, just real quick. I swear to God. I tweeted them. I told them. You've got Jurassic Park. You've got Jurassic Park 2 The Lost World. you got Jurassic Park 3. Then you've got Jurassic World. The second one should have been Jurassic World The Lost Park. I said use it. It's genius. Uh, and they didn't. But anyway, everyone, welcome to the Thing Between Worlds podcast. Yeah, My name is David. And Derek here. And today's episode is about... This is a very special episode. We're actually breaking our mold. We're getting away from video games and movies. And yeah. Doing we're te- doing technically a... television. Yeah, we're doing television. And uh, there's a show... Uh, well. Streaming television. Yes. Sorry, I had a little detour there. It's but still television. It, it's, it's television, yeah. yeah. There's a very good show of the many great shows that are on... Oh, yeah. ...that are on Netflix. Yes. Premier streaming app. Yes. Uh, this week, we're talking about Troll Hunters. No, I'm kidding. Right. Oh, okay. I mean, that, that's actually a good show. <laughs> I, I haven't seen it's, it, so I have no it's, idea. <laughs> it's a del Toro. I could talk about a lot of these shows, but we're doing Voltron. Legendary Defender! Right. I have no love. Of the original Voltron series, I don't think a lot of people do. Like I, they as might. As a kid, I saw like an episode yeah, here or there. Yeah, on yeah I, I did too. I did too. Yeah. But like you, uh, like okay, a lot of those old shows were like yeah. the whole point was to sell toys. Right. It it it's not good. <laughs> Yeah, like they, the old Transformers show has got issues, right. um, all the way up through fucking I don't know how far it went after this, but all the way up through Beast Wars, you know, yeah. had its issues. I mean, they were they were good shows for kids, right. but like you try to get in depth into it and like yeah, you know watch it as an adult, and that that doesn't work. Few things rolled up, you know, things that they're. they're... I loved Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Right. I went back don't, a few years ago back. and started watching it, and it's so bad. Yeah, let, let it stay in your mind. Because a lot of it, <sighs> a lot of it's nostalgia. People hate to hear that, but it's just the truth. Of oh of God, yeah. You try to try watching Indigo League again, Pokemon Indigo League. Oh, uh, like yeah. I mean, it came. Speaking of Netflix, it's on there. Yeah, I know. I tried to watch like the first five episodes. It's so bad. Yeah. And if you think Indigo League is bad, try watching the first like fifteen episodes of Digimon. Yeah, no, oh. I, I tried both. Uh, actually, the Pokemon, the Indigo and the American League. voice acting for Digimon made it even worse. Yeah, right. Well, but same anyway. with the Pokemon because every character in Pokemon I discovered, with the exception of Brock, he's a little more subdued, but everybody <laughs> fucking yells. But Ash's yeah. voice is particularly grating. Yeah, so I was just like, which is which is funny because like the original voice actress for for Ash in the English dub, she's actually like she's she's like my mom's age, but. She's not bad looking. Right. And then when they switched over a few years back to this new chick, she's fucking gorgeous. And I'm just like, that would be so awkward. You know, you're making out and she goes, yeah, in an ash voice. No, my, my childhood. There are my Pokeballs. No. <laughs> Someone pushed the button and my Pokeball shrank. No. <laughs> Anyways, back to Voltron. Voltron. Uh, yeah, I heard, I didn't give a <coughs> shit. I, I kind of heard, oh, they're bringing Voltron. Remember, the Voltron's the original Super Sentai. You got your five color-coded teammates, and they all form together in a big robot. With Each one of them has their own unique kind of specialty. Or like Sounds very Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Well, yeah. I, I think the genre is called Sentai or Super Sentai. Mm. Or maybe that was the name of the original Japanese show. I think that was the original Japanese show. So Power it's the name Rangers. of a show, not a genre. Yeah, well, I think it kind of... It's, it's a little bit of both. Metroidvania, it became a thing. Okay, Super you know, Sentai. Kind of, I think. It became a way to define this... Yeah. If we're wrong, correct us. Right, but I had no interest in Voltron. And then all of a sudden, I don't... Somebody said it, or I must have read it in an article. It's like, oh, it's, it's the Avatar team. It's the Legend of Korra Avatar team. Studio Mur, M-I-R. Which we love. Right, and then I freaked the hell out because this is their next show. This is like, oh, this is what they were doing next after yeah. the Legend of Korra. So I hopped right on that. I was there on premiere day when it, I, I binged that shit all over the course of a weekend. And yeah, and it. like a week later, you're like... You should watch this. And I'm like, meh. And then you forced me to watch like the second episode, which I don't understand your obsession with skipping over the the explaining episodes. But well, either way. I think it was because I was watching. 
Uh, I maybe. myself was jumping into and watching that second episode. Uh, well, no, because you went back and like, there's this whole sequence and it's fucking hilarious when they're all trying to form oh, Voltron for the first yeah. time. No, the, the and, second episode's amazing. Well, because the first episode's really just three episodes spliced together. Yeah, but, for, but uh, like... a movie event. Yeah, but, but like, you didn't like... Yeah, I love the opening that they're all like, yeah, Voltron, woo! Like they're making fun of the split screen aspect. Yeah. And like, like, are all of you making the same face I'm making in your own little split screen worlds over there? Does, that, does everybody have the face of disappointment? I thought that was fucking brilliant. That's when I knew the show was going to be great. Yeah. But I mean, they're like they're whooshing around in their in their tigers, and the split screens just whoosh across the screen. Yeah. Whooshing back the other way. Yeah. <laughs> I was loving it. Yeah. But anyway, um, oh, you know, great. you you introduced to me. I didn't really have any interest, but you showed me that episode, and I was like, man, I'll check it's, it it's out. It's kind of cute. And I watched the first like three, four episodes, and I was hooked. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a really good show. Yeah. Um. I think in the beginning, my favorite character was Hunk, and for those of you who know me, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I, well, funny, we took our, uh, which characters would you be quiz, yeah. and I got Hunk, yeah. and you got Shiro, I think, yeah. which was fucking hilarious, because I was sitting across the table like, you're going to get Hunk, because you're just, Hunk is you. And then I'm like, oh shit, I got Hunk. <laughs> and he's like, I got Shiro, I'm the leader that of the BuzzFeed quiz, yeah. Or whatever, one of those cheap little yeah. Quizzilla buddies. But anyway, but, yeah, that, uh, was, that was a pretty good... Uh, Pretty good thing. Specifically on the day we're recording this today, we just got the uh, the crucial. It would technically be like the end of the fourth season, technically um, speaking. Like if it, you if they stitched together like they right, were before. Because what yeah. they're doing now is that first they started off with your typical thirteen episode seasons. But the problem was is that it, the seasons were so long that it was, there's such huge gaps between releases this, this is true, yeah. and public consciousness kind of forgot about it in D- between due seasons to and the stuff. nature of streaming yeah you tend to do this shit in a weekend and if when you're going to get back to it the following spring or whatever you're just going to have forgotten yeah everything that you'd watch i mean you, i guess you'd have to watch it again nothing wrong with that yeah but the show this good but they decided basically they cut the seasons in half now so it's oh the 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 crucial, the inimitable season six finally yeah, so. unveiled all the secrets, and it was a mind fuck of a season. It was amazing, and then you realize, well, if you put them back together, this is the end of season four. Yeah. So we're technically because three and four, four would have been merged right. into three, and then five and six would have merged into four. Right. They spice so, yeah. them because it's usually six episodes up front or a seven episodes up front, and then a back end a six episode or a back end seven. Episode. Yeah. They, they pick just, whichever. The, the problem I've got is is I, I appreciate what they're trying to do. But I feel incomplete having watched so the, few uh, episodes in the season. Yeah. Like, I want more. Yeah, I, and... I, I'm willing to do the full 13-episode vision and then wait your six months or your seven months to have it come yeah. back around. But the problem with that is, like we said, you binge it in a weekend and you right. forget about it. So, yeah, I mean, what they're I'm doing... I'm struggling, too, because I'm trying to remember little, small, little, tiny things that came back up this season. Yeah, they mentioned something in particular we'll probably discuss later right, on. yeah. And I'm just like, when did that season? happen? Um, well, we'll focus on our favorite episodes, too, I think. Oh, oh I definitely, yeah. I, I, I have my favorites, yeah. yeah. Um, but I mean, okay, um, for those of you who don't know, I mean, thank you for listening to the podcast, but Voltron is, like we said before, it's, you know, a team of five people who join together and they get these color-coded lion mechs right. that form together to create a Megazord-type right. thing. It's a person-shaped is, creature. Is, is it, yeah, is it conscious, is it not? And you just kind of go, Yes. Yes. Right. It's something that's kind of ethereal. Yeah. It, has its, it has its own it's, life force. It's very it's, much a mighty warrior kind of yeah, thing. Each, yeah, each lion in the mech has its own uh, spirit. Yeah, it's just pretty clear they're conscious. They're yeah. actually made from ethereal interdimensional asteroid uh, aluminum. Or <laughs> some sort of a... Yeah, it, it's... Some sort of a... What's, what's the... F- I'm brain farting on the word. Alloy. It's like an asteroid. Yeah. It's an alloy that kind of fell from the sky, came from another dimension. Yeah. That's basically um, its origin. And the, the, the basic plot is there is a big bad guy named Zarkon who's taken over the universe and Team Voltron forms together and decides with the help of um, some other people, um, right. a princess. Al- and, yeah, the Altaeans. Uh, the, the, the princess of the Altaeans, one right. of the last remaining members of that race, right. um, who is in hibernation. And uh, her butler type yeah, friend Col- character... Current. Koran, yes. um, they team up and they form Voltron and they start striking back against uh, the Galra, right, which is the species that Zarkon is. That's basically a logline or a synopsis. But yeah. we'll stop right here and say major spoilers. We're just going to be talking everything Voltron. Uh, yeah. Voltron Legendary Defender. 
yeah. this iteration of Ultron. We don't know much about the old well, series. I, to be honest. I, through what's happened in this and the things that I'll go. You've read the articles, right? And stuff, I'll read yeah. trivia. Yeah. Like, oh, did you know what happened in that episode was a fun meta joke about the original series or yeah, something yeah. stupid like that? But yeah, major spoilers. This is, I guess, we'll call this a spoiler cast. So, because I already spoiled totally. Oh, Ultron! To be fair, I think, I think the only Man. cast we've done that wasn't spoiler cast was the God of War one. I think. But we try to keep the secrets. Yeah, let's yeah. you know, let's. I, I, what do you guys like? Do you guys like it when we spoil stuff, or do you like it when we just sort of yeah. hint around things? But uh, when I dive into a podcast, I'm usually fuck it. I know everything about this. I've already watched it. That's why I'm listening to the podcast. Is because hey, I wonder if these people have seen or they know anything I don't know. Does that mean we need to re-record the God of War podcast for spoilers? Right, for full spoiler? No. <laughs> I was technically, I was kind of still in the middle of it. That's actually one of our uh, highest uh, listened to episodes. It's actually the highest trending thing ever on YouTube. Cool. I read like it it incre- by in increments like exponentially it expands every single day by millions and millions of views across YouTube. It's a good Play- game. Playthrough videos, yeah. trivia videos, uh, talking about the lore videos. It yeah. is, it's the most. It's the highest trending thing ever. But yeah, um, back to Voltron. Back to Voltron. Sorry, <laughs> I, I just thought that was an interesting fun. No, factoid. no, yeah, yeah, we're yeah, um, fun factoid here. Yeah. But yeah, Voltron. Um, so we've given you a basic, oh, Voltron, mighty, the mighty warrior robot, yada, yada. Yeah. Uh, and he, uh, each member of the team is an archetype. You've got Hunk, who's he, the... He's kind of the heart of the team. He's the beating heart. He's always happy. He tries to keep he's the, the spirits Hufflepuff. up. He's the Hufflepuff. And he's yellow. <laughs> yeah. Which is funny. Lance is the ladies' man, the real yeah, lady he's, killer. He's also the, the, the George and Fred Weasley of the team. He kind of, he's mission, a joker. kind of a real mission maker, but he's also yeah. their marksman. He's really good with... Oh, yeah. Because they, they each <laughs> that have... That was uh, a joke in one episode. I'm known for sniping! You are? Right. Yeah, I'm the sniper he's of the a, group. He's actually, he's supposed to be the marksman. He's, yeah. a, he's their shooter. And they each have their, uh, the Bayards. Yeah, it's, Bayards. it's like, um, it's, it's like the, the blade thing in Halo, for those of you who don't know what a Bayard is. It looks kind of like Master Chief's blade minus the full-on blade, like just the handle. That's what it looks like. I call them, uh, like illegal knuckles. But they're kind of you put it around your wrist. Or say you put it around your knuckles, and it's kind of bladed. Then like it, a like a brass knuckle. Brass thing, knuckle. But... Why do I say illegal knuckle? Brass knuckle. Well, because they're uh, some of they're them... also illegal in many states here yeah. in the United States. Yeah. But it's yeah, it's a picture brass knuckles, but it's kind of this the cool giant rounded kind of blade. But halo. Yeah. yeah. It looks it looks kind of like a blaster of some kind. Like right. That. And then and they can, can transform into different things. It morphs into something. It's kind of your spirit weapon. Yeah. Depending on who you are. As yeah. A, as a paladin of Ultron. Yeah. Then we've got. Um, so Lance turns into a gun. Then we've got Keith. Keith is a the he's supposed to be actually the de facto not the de facto he's kind of the elected deserving leader of the team yeah but very antisocial very stoic very I'm the out he's kind of the outsider cool kid with the leather jacket yeah because he does wear that jacket he has like a I'm trying, red trying and white to think of who in popular culture is he closely related to like he's like the Fonz and the Fonz were more assholeish and very quiet kind of standoffish yeah yeah hmm. and then you have your actual de facto leaders he's he's like the john mcclain yeah he's he's your action yeah. hero but he, he's your typical kind of stoic arms crossed sitting in the corner yeah. he actually you know what, if i know we're not big anime people but he's very much kind of spike from cowboy bebop okay you almost you should almost give this guy a toothpick because he sits there looking badass and kind of cool and jazzy just smile and nod right dude. just, just smile and nod yeah. <laughs> Spike's just the, I'm this cool I'm this fucking cool guy and I'm all, the all the I know from Cowboy Bebop is, is that's all I know is Ed I know the names yeah I just know the names of the people yeah. and who they are in that show that's it that's all I know but anyway but, uh, um, then we and Shiro. then uh, then we got Shiro, Shiro who is he's, the he's, original leader of the yeah, team he's the captain he's he's the big space cadet yeah he, he was kidnapped and escaped well, the, the, yeah the, the series begins it's him leading an expedition into and, space. Yeah, and he's with a family that they're actually closely connected to another character that we'll talk about in like a second. Yeah. But yeah, Shiro gets captured by the Galra, and the show basically begins with him coming back to Earth having escaped captivity. Like, they're coming. Yeah. Who's and coming? he's got a aliens. robot arm. Right. He's got an yeah. alien robot arm. Like, so that's, that's how the mystery uh, <clears throat> yeah. starts. Uh, anyways, we have Pidge, who... Uh, who we all believe at first to be a boy. At least for the first three episodes. Yeah, but we start getting hints that Pidge well, we go into, we go is into not her. what he seems. He is, it's a her. Pidge is a girl. Yes. Uh, her real name is Katie. Yeah. Uh, but you, you find and it really quick. She's the hacker of the group. She's the... Yeah, she's your smart, brainy... Oh, I, yeah. I, I put my, the glasses And so's Hunk. Hunk actually has they're, stepped well, up engi- in the... They're engineers. Yeah. They were both... Because the, when you meet them, they're cadets in, like, future Earth Space Academy or whatever. Yeah. 
And Hunk and Pidge are both engineers, and Lance is, he wants to be a hotshot pilot. Yeah, yeah. But that's kind of Keith's thing, because when they meet, he's like, that, that fucking guy. The washout, <laughs> he was, they were rivals, but he washed out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Keith, uh, Shiro comes to Earth, and basically that's when the plot kicks off. Like, oh, listen, uh, we're not alone in the universe, and there's aliens called the Gara. Oh, look, giant lions. <laughs> like, <laughs> what's going on? I, I think I intercepted things from these aliens called the Gara. They're talking about something called Voltron, and then they just kind of pinpoint to yeah. Didn't they explain that this season that Keith's Keith was always on the Voltron because his mother had actually been protecting the Blue Lion. Yeah. On Earth, so that kind of he, yeah. So now we look go back to that first episode and we realize that's been and, a, life, uh, it's a lifelong. Speaking hunt. of Keith's mother, she's Gara. Keith is half alien. Sorry. You discover that in like season one, I think, because um, he has that dagger, and it only, it's like the very end of season one. Well, I think we see it, but we don't actually put two and two together until we well, until we meet the um, I think it, the, the 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 blade of Marmora, right. which is the Galra sect that's like against Emperor Zarkon. Right, it's like the Galran uh, rebellion versus the Galran Empire, basically yeah. Star Wars. Uh, no, I, I think it didn't want in, and he was just staring at the dagger because he'd been able to activate it, and that's all you got was him in his room staring at it. Well, yeah, but we didn't or know he was what it was. With it and then they came in, and he freaked out and put it away. Yeah, but we didn't know what it was. We didn't know he was alien. I, I thought, it wasn't. It I wasn't it until quick, like that shit had purple because it's got this iridescent purple kind of carvings in it, like a gold. Yeah, but that, you could have yeah. picked it up from somewhere. It could have been from the crash ship. We don't oh, know where right. it came from. I, all we know is that when he met the blade of Marmora, they explained like, "Hey, that's your mom's." Yeah, and only you could activate that thing. Yeah, that's activated, anyone else touches that's it. That's activated by blood. Right, because you know? otherwise the blade goes away. If you're not, yeah. it's just a hilt or yeah. whatever. Yeah. So, and he can extend it and it becomes like a giant blade and right. things like that. But yeah. So yeah, so we, uh, we for those of you who are keeping up, well, congratulations. Yeah, we've explained. I think every core member of Ultron. Um, are we missing anybody? We're missing sort of the a bigger, more in-depth description of Allura. Well, I was gonna go. I mean, we're we're yeah. talking about the Paladins for now. Well, spoiler alert: Allura becomes a paladin. Yeah, at some point, like Shiro series. disappears, and we find out later on that the poor guy has died, and it's sad. But when that sort happens, of. well, when that happens, Keith steps up, takes over the Black Lion. Lance takes over the Red Lion, and, and Princess Allura takes over the Red Lion. Yes, who her father was the original paladin for was yep. the Red Lion. So that's kind of it runs. In the no, blood. no, she she takes over the Blue Lion. Oh, the blue shit. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Was, so was her dad? It was no, dad had the red line. Dad had the red line, but she becomes a blue which line. Which was Keith, and now it's Lance. Lance does the red line. Yeah, yeah I'm they, they, the two of them shifted up a level. Right. Um. Anyways, we'll talk about Princess Allura. The, we're still like at the beginning of the story here. They all yeah. find the blue line on Earth. Yeah, because they're able to pinpoint exactly where where are the Galra going. They think they know where it is. They go into the cave and they see it, and they get a vision of Voltron, and it's like, oh, you've been chosen. Board me. And it's Lance's line because it's the blue one. Yeah. And they basically fly to this far off planet like at light speed. So it's like something out of Green Lantern. Yeah, and it takes oh, them to... Up! What, the uh, red one, I think? What's that? It takes them to the red one next? I think they go to the Castle of Lions. Oh, the Castle of Lions, you're right. And, and it's not there, on Altea. Or maybe from there they Altea. figure... No, it's, it's on Altea. Right, so they yeah. go to the, this planet called Altea and they basically go into this castle because they get visions from the blue line. Like, oh, go do these things. So they go in and, and in they... cryosleep they discover two aliens but they're just Hylians. I they're, 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 they're very <laughs> highly for Zelda yeah. fans out there I'm sitting here going man these people would make a great Zelda series but they do have special abilities as yeah, you said so before there's these pointy ear they're humanoids and they also have kind of uh, glowing bioluminescent tattoos under yeah. their and Allura has but not Karan Allura has the ability to use magic right it runs in her blood yes but Allura's a princess and Koran's her uh, he was the captain of the guard now see here's a problem I've got why is it that in all these stories like they're princesses, when there's no king or queen, she should just she, 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 she should be queen. Now that yeah, everybody's I mean, gone. no one's there to hold a coronation she, ceremony for her, but, but she should have just by default just bloop up in, to the. In queen. a way, the way the story evolved, she's she is the de facto queen. She has a lot of responsibility. People really look up to her. She's she's. All she's queen in all but name at this point. Yeah, but why? She should be queen in right. Name. She should be queen. Um, queen Allura. Semantics. Princess Zelda. There's no king or queen at this point. The king's dead. She should be queen Zelda. Sorry. But in most stories, her father's out there somewhere. As a ghost. Oh, is that? I mean, sometimes he's lying. Or a boat. He's like, save the princess. (laughs) Save my daughter. Well, Breath of the Wild, he was a ghost. And and Wind Waker, he was a boat. Yeah. A ghost boat. 
We'll talk about that some other day, maybe, because I'm like, oh, wow, I have some things I could talk about. The <laughs> anyway. So does that mean he was dead possessing a boat because he's beneath the sea, or was he alive beneath the sea? <laughs> I, I don't know. What's going on here? Um, a boat? Right. So, yeah, the Altaians, Allura, <coughs> Koran. Koran is, like, kind of her butler, but he's also, he's skilled in so many things. He, yeah, he's his, always revealing a new skill set. Yeah, and um, his grandfather he's is Alfred. the one who built the castle yeah, of the it's, lions. it's in so. his family, and that was also part of the new season, where yeah. he realized, oh, okay, this is a great technological marvel, and his family built it. That's yeah, cool. that's why he knows so much about it. But they're the last of a ray. What, so, I guess we're, we're basically through season one, because it's all set up. Yeah. Season one reveals, okay, Princess Allura's father, Prince Alfor, I think it was. Yes. Uh, it was King Alfor. He forged Voltron because um, he was he knew how to perform magic because the Altans are a magical folk. Yes. So Highlands, uh, or at least the Zelda lineage, basically. Yeah. And she looks like Zelda. Although I was telling you, you were amazed. I'm like, you know, the character is black. So that, they've broken some barriers here. It's a lead character in animation who's African American or African. I, I couldn't tell. <laughs> yeah. Well, people. What's funny? She gets she changes colors. I thought she episodes. was tan. She's very <laughs> tan. Yeah. But she's, She's voiced by a black actress. Yeah. It was overjoyed to get the part because she loved the original series. And she said, I remember when they showed me the design of Allura. I mean, she was black and I was so overjoyed. Oh, my God, they're going to make Allura black. And she, she's she's very dark. Dark, dark, dark. Very dark tan. White. Yeah, well, but, not, not so much in the recent seasons. But go back and watch that first episode and she's way darker than she ended up more so now. And they actually fucking, <laughs> they revealed that the Altans are shapeshifters. And sometimes, depending on their mood, it can change their pallor. So if she's really stressed, or she, I guess she's stressed all the time now, she's a little lighter. But people, the fans noticed, like, they were so happy to have a diverse character yeah. who was black. And all of a sudden, it's like, whoa, 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 did you, you whitened her between episodes. And the creators, it was, um, it's Joaquin and, uh, I think it's Lauren Montgomery. They were also the Korra showrunners. Okay. Uh, they were like, uh, you might want to hold on here. We, we're we going to explain that. There's a reason. And then they unveil. She literally just like shapeshifts into a Galrin, like drone or a Galrin guard. Yeah. Right in front of like Keith. And he's like, what, what, what? Oh, <laughs> now you're like nine feet tall. Like, she's like, yeah, we can shapeshift. That's what we do. And you're like, oh, that's something that her race can do. Okay. Yeah. I thought it would be through magic, but it's just a genetic thing they all have. Yeah. But yeah, at the end of the series, you realize, okay, Alphor forged this thing. And your big Darth Vader moment is the, the villain, evil Emperor Zerg, Zarkon. Yes. Cough. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure they took Zerg from Zarkon. Probably. Yeah. That uh, and Darth Vader. It's very Vader dumb. and Zerg. Vader, Zerg. They always sound kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, the big cliffhanger is, fools, you fight Zarkon. I built Voltron with Alphor. And you're like, oh no, not only that, I was the original Black Paladin. I led Voltron. So you're like, how are you going to fight the guy that's... Like, the black lion obeys him and still respects him as its paladin. <laughs> so that's, like, your big fucking cliffhanger. Yeah, and there's this like, big, this big um, like, spirit battle between Shiro well, and like, Zarkon. That's season two. That's, like, Shiro's whole arc during that season. Yeah. And if he eventually wins it over. They fight on, like, the... That's, I think that's the space... The astral plane. Yeah, which is my favorite episode. It's the Space Mall episode, which people think is filler, but they have this really big arc happening. They go to Space Mall to get more teleportation discs called Teledubs, I think. For the castle, because they need to portal jump. Yeah. To escape Garland forces and stuff. Yeah, so they go to Space Mall! Which is fucking hilarious, and I love that episode. But yeah, in the background, yeah. Shiro's like, he thinks he's left, because the Black Lion needs to show him and take him somewhere. And you go to Dibazol, which is the Garland home planet, and it's been, like, wrecked. And this is where they start to sow seeds of exactly what Zarkon had been up to. Yeah. And the origins of Ultron. It's like that, that planet was like robbed of its life force, its quintessence. Yeah, is quint it's quintessence called. is the energy that makes up all matter and it's life. It's like mana, elixir, um, whatever you want. Yeah, and in this universe, it, uh, in this, this, this world that we're taking you through, quintessence is basically, there's a whole other dimension made of pure quintessence that leaks into our world. Right. And they, in the Galarin homeworld, they found a rift leading to this dimension. And right. that raw power is what made right. King Zarkon go totally insane and become Emperor Zarkon. Drove him fucking nuts. <coughs> so he's evil, not by like his... Him and his, him and his... Uh, his lover. His lover, we'll yes. We'll get to that in a minute. Lover in the nighttime. What happens is, yeah, you get you, that's when you begin to see the overall story begin to happen in that episode. But then, yeah, Shiro basically meet, thinks he meets Zarkon, and they have this big fight. Very, very much a, you, know, you cannot control the Black Lion, I'm the guy. And then Shiro finally <coughs> becomes full max paladin of the Black Lion and fucking drives Zarkon off. 
before you realize he never even left at all. Yeah. And it was just him sitting in the black line, and it was giving him a vision. So my question is still, like, did he actually fight Zarkon? And I think he did, because Zarkon has the magic, because he has his little sidekick witch. Yeah, I, I actually, I do believe that in one point in that episode, um, you see, like, Zarkon react, like, like Yeah, so he was being zapped in via magic by Hagar to yeah. antagonize Shiro. But yeah, season two, that, that's pretty much your big arc, is everyone kind of coming to terms with the, themselves as the paladins. Yeah. Um, although and to be to be fair, there's a couple of things you want to mention in the Space Mall episode. Oh no, Space Mall, which is my favorite episode. There's like there are like epic celebrity voice cameos. Yeah. In this fucking episode. Um, what's what's the guys in the the in in Nulu um shop uh, trade so, trader or whatever? Yeah, he's like, oh, they start haggling for the teledub lenses. Yeah. And Coran's like, would you take two pieces of pocket lint? I'll take this. Would how about three pieces of pocket lint? Your firstborn child. <laughs> it's the fucking voice of Paul Rubin. <laughs> it's Pee Wee Herman's voice, which yeah. is like you you shit bricks when you hear that. Not only that, it's like even <laughs> earlier in the season you have the underwater mermaid episode. Yeah. You've got like Weird Al is one of the voices in the episode. Yeah, and Mae Whitman the is... The voice of Katara yeah. from Avatar The Last Airbender, as well as April O'Neil from the new TMNT, which yeah. just ended. But she's one of the mermaid chicks. I think the queen mermaid no, chick she was or the, one the that, princess. You didn't get to see the face. She was the other person in the rebellion. Like Weird mm. Al was the goofy leader. Like, I drew a map! Rawr! You know? <laughs> and she was very like... She, they were wearing sacks and putting mm. fish over their heads to prevent the psychic there was like a row beast that ended up being this living coral reef that they were feeding row beasts to. are robot beasts Beast. like remember um uh my like, from power rangers yeah, i'll make my monster grow it's, the it's that. just that but it's, it's made is, of robot stuff yeah, it's a reader repulsive monster yeah for, essentially for people that don't get Voltron. yeah being first yeah we, we haven't mentioned robies up until this point up, right. uh, up until this point um every couple episodes uh um, Zarkon and his witch Hagar, um, who's actually also his lover slash wife, um, uh, has been making these robot beast things and sending them after Team Voltron, right. trying to destroy them. Like she uses magic and usually takes their soul and puts them in a, it's into a machine. It's like, oh, yeah. I found this great alien warrior, but now I'm going to strip you of your flesh and put you into this Megazord form. And that's how she makes them bigger. <laughs> yeah. Because the robot always looks like a larger version of what it actually was as yeah. an alien or a person. Anywho, <clears throat> uh, Space Mall, and then we did the, fuck, what's the mermaid? It's called Far Beneath or Beneath the Sea. or what, there's, It has a name. Something like Beneath, that, yeah. I think. But, um, yeah, there's, I, I think it was in a, another one of my favorites was the Voltron show is the name of the episode. They make fun of the entire Super Sentai genre by putting on, like, a show on iSpace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in the episode <laughs> are these fucking aliens that just, like, make beep and boop sounds. Beep, boop, beep. Right, and there's, so, there's one main one right. that's always hanging out beep, with Karan. Bebo beep. Yeah, which is like the best entrance ever because he's like, all right, you guys understand every time you do something, pose. And I'm sitting there laughing because, yeah, they always pose in Super Sentai. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere comes this stick alien. Just boop, 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 boop. Right, beep, beep, We have five minutes to show time. And, and the I'm best thing. like, what the fuck? The best thing. We just found out today, Bebo Beep, who just says, boop, 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 is voiced by 1980s sitcom star Dave Coulier. Yeah, from Full House. <laughs> from Full House. And that, I should have <coughs> that. And that kind of, he does do that voice. He does, he does. It, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. I didn't expect that. Also, back in Space Mall, one of the shop owners it's for the like knife a, guy. You the, 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 the knife guy is fucking Vince from, you're going to love my nuts, the infomercial yeah. guy, you know? Yeah, Vince Slap the Shop. Wow, Slap the Shop guy. The Slap Shop, yeah. yeah it's and he fucking, finished the epic rap battle for Billy Mays. It's fucking Vince. Yeah, there's all Jesus. sorts of celebrity Yeah, oh man, it's ridiculous. I think, uh, a couple of different voice actors played Zarkon. There's like young Zarkons. A pretty big television actor, Kevin Durant. Mm. Also the person I helped plays Craven the Hunter in a Spider-Man film in the future. But You can't tell, that. but Derek's crossing his fingers. Right. <laughs> uh, no, he, he looks the part, and he usually plays Russian characters, even though he's like American, Irish, or whatever. Anyways, there's so many yeah. celebrity voices. And it's you don't even it's know fucking great, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I guess we'll just go through... We've, we've made it through the season two. Seasons season two. three and four, it's, yeah. it's, it's about introducing a lot more Zarkon lore. Well, yeah, and... and lore entirely. And it's where we get introduced to Lotor. That's what I, yeah, Lotor. Prince Lotor. Who you think is going to be... Because season two's cliffhanger is, like, Zarkon gets 
fucked up. Yeah, he's, like, he's like, we think he's going to die. And then Shiro's gone missing because the cataclysmic blow, they they both kind of go in for the killing blow on each other, and there's just cataclysmic. Yeah, magic. and Whoosh. Shiro just disappears. Yeah, he's like not in the black line, and they're like, well, what happened to Shiro? So, yeah. But the big cliffhanger is Zarkon is alive, and he's like on his deathbed, and like Hagar the witch comes out and like, get Prince Lotor. And you're supposed to, if you know anything about the original series, that's when you're supposed to be hyped. But to me, I'm like, oh, I guess he has a son, a prince. Yeah. Well, we but found... fans were really excited to we, see we, him. We found out that in the original series, Prince Lotor was a bit... Um, a horn dog. Yeah. Like, he wasn't really a threat. He was just kind of a fop who was after Princess Allura. And that's yeah. all he was good at. So he's very much kind of how Lance is. Yeah, as a character, but like all, uh, he's far more foreboding in this one. No, he's he's like kind of yeah. he's, he's closer he's, to being uh, he's like a Loki from the Thor series. He he's actually very, he kind of looks like Loki too. That, the way his hair is, character. yeah, there's a lot of Tom Hiddleston. Yeah, the um, way his hair is, is framed and the, the clothes he wears. They introduce him and you realize he's got like no love for his dad. Yeah, I thought he was going to be loyal and take or his mom part. for that matter. Right, he doesn't give a shit. He's off doing his own thing, so you can tell he's like the prince who just kind of diddles with himself, and no one ever saw him as a real threat or as a. He diddles with himself. I couldn't find a better term, but it, he's just off doing his own because he he's wants, off diddling. Yes, he wants to do his thing, and you could tell he's the rich prince who gets to do what he wants, but then you find out he's. he's... In this, well, yeah, he's he's just jerking around, and like that's what that means. But you discover he's like, I from what I got, I guess he's had a lifelong love affair with Altaian magic, and he was into some really dark shit, trying to find the history of such and such and such and such. Yeah, and um, they they peel the layers back, and you discover like a whole yeah, lot more. We find out that he has rescued uh, the remaining Altaians from In the most recent season from from being. You know, eradicated from the universe. Yeah, he's like a demon. And like, oh, hello, Tor. And he's like examining them for ones that have quintessence inside of them, magic. And he puts them in test tubes and extracts that quintessence. Well, that's like the big fucking reveal this season. Oh, he's he's mostly, you don't know what to think of him. He just kind of switches his allegiances. But has he done anything truly terrible? And it's like, yeah, he did some pretty... He was sucking quintessence out of living beings. Yeah, and like we, we start off thinking like, this guy... Maybe he's gonna be good because he comes in. And he's he doesn't give any shits. Yeah, I want to reform he's the like, Baldwin Empire. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna take over. I'm gonna fix this shit. People are gonna like us again. Right. We're not gonna be assholes. And I'm everyone's gonna make, I'm gonna make Galra great again. The Galrans are gonna be great. Oh my god, I'm gonna punch you in the M- face. M G M G A G. Everybody, make Galra great again. M-G-G-A. I'm, I'm gonna punch you in the face. I swear to God. But no, that's gonna be <sighs> anyway. Actually, why does he want to do that? Because, and it took me a while to catch on to this because I'm dumb and I didn't catch on to it. He's half Altaian. Yes. I did not catch on to the fact he had the pointy ears and the long, beautiful Altaian white hair. And I kept wondering, like, why does he have something against the Galra if he's Galran? Oh, it's like his whole halves are pulling at him. He's, yeah. so he's the best of both worlds. Yeah. And I just said, he has his crew and they're all also, they're half Galran but half Something else. Alien race of whatever. They are. They're all women. Yeah. So, so he's got and, fatale. And like, with the exception of the big buff one, I'm extremely attracted to the other. The yeah, other yeah, yeah. E- even the giant lemur one's kind of cool looking. Mm. Might give her a run or two. <laughs> I, I, maybe not. I don't. She would break you like twig. Well, the one I dig <laughs> is the one that looks the most uh, human. The one that actually has a thing. Well, we discovered she was in like an episode, an episode in season two. Yeah, she was inside that giant thing called the Weblum. Yes. Yeah, so that that that's like where they first start seeding the Lotor thing, I guess. Yeah. But uh, which I'll, I'll talk about the web in a couple minutes because I love that episode as well. Yeah. Sorry, I love one specific part of that episode. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Lotor's introduced. Season three is a lot about Lotor and his allegiances with the Galra or not with the Galra. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, maybe yeah. with the Altaians. So He's lot... kind of all over the place during the, that, right. the first uh, season three. Uh, and season four. three and four are they're slow burns. They're still very good, but that's definitely the show taking a breath and trying to develop the world. Yeah. At least in my opinion. Uh, until the latter half of what would be the latter half of season four, which is Netflix calls it season six. Yeah. But Lotor's like, oh, let's let's uncover who this guy is. Then we finally get the origins in season three of Voltron. Yeah. And the original Paladins. You you discover yeah. who uh, Allura's father was. You discover that at one time Zarkon, he was a decent guy, a real heroic. Yeah. Hero and of the people kind you of just, guy. And you discover that you know Zarkon was a nice king. He was a very he was just he was a happy make king. Make the universe a better place. And one day yeah. this asteroid lands and it was on Dibazol. Yeah. Guy. And they're like, oh, 
we love science and magic. Let's go investigate this. And then, like, my God, this asteroid ore has unlimited quintessence, which yeah. is, like, magic. And he falls in love with uh, Naltean, and they get well, married. And That's what draws Gaul... That's what draws... Zarkon towards a bad thing is because he has this obsessive lover, Minerva is her name. Yes. In life, she's an Altaian named Minerva. Yeah, she becomes super obsessed right. and, uh, and hun- so power hungry. Through and... her, through them being in love, he's drawn into that, and they both start investigating rifts and yeah. quintessence. And we discover that Minerva becomes the evil witch Hagar. Which they... Now it's really obvious, because the end of season one, that's another reveal. Yeah. Is Allura's fighting Hagar and pulls her hood back, and, oh my god, you're all tan, and she's got the bioluminescent tats and yeah. bioluminescent marks, and you're like, oh, and she's got the long white hair. Sorry, that's what I meant to say, long white hair. I didn't catch on to the fact that Hagar w- was Lotor's mother. Yeah. Because it should make sense. She's got long white hair, and she's an Altan, and she's always near Zarkon. She's yeah. like his number two, and I'm like, oh... So it wasn't until the original Paladin episode where you're like, oh, okay. You put two uh, and two together okay. and you made four. Yeah, <laughs> we make Lotor. We make Lotor. Oh, we made four. No, uh, well, we didn't make Lotor. They they made... Right. Yeah, you but and I, no, 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 no. Quintessence actually <laughs> robs her of her sanity and her life. It kills her. Yeah. Which is like really sad to watch. She's like withering away and dying in her bed, raving about Quintessence and all these theories and theorems she has in her head. She dies, and then it, like, brings her back to life. So she's technically undead. Yes. Or under some sort of a spell. And it's the same thing kind of really happens weird. to Zarkon. He doesn't die, but he's driven severely insane to the point where it turns his eyes purple, and he's just, like, infected with quintessence, or evil quintessence. Yeah, and he's got, like, a mech suit of armor that, like, pumps it into his system to keep well, him alive and shit. season... Technically, the end of season three. He's, yeah, when he he's in like a Vader, he goes full Darth Vader because he's yeah. in his life support. Yeah, the minute he shows up and he has the modulated voice, you're like, oh, hello, I see <laughs> what you're doing here. Uh-huh. Yeah, but they basically he goes nuts. The original Ultron team, full Ultron, Voltron. They're both robots. Uh, they both they both sound. Yeah, similar. but Ultron's evil. Voltron's good in a way. But the original <laughs> paladins tried to stop him. He went nuts and killed all of them. And yeah. just said, nobody can have Voltron, and he scattered it. Or was it Alfor that did Alfor that? Alfor scattered it. He was too frightened of Zarkon. Zarkon yeah. wanted Voltron. So he hid them all. And Through he... magic, he could probably pilot Voltron by himself, so that's why they thought, no, Voltron must always have five paladins. It can't just be the one. Like, you know, Zarkon's very much, there can be only one. And Alfor's like, nah, Voltron must be balanced. It must take people from all over the universe because it represents the peoples of the universe. Take people from all over the universe. We've got five humans and one Altaian. Hmm. You're right. Oh, and this, you have the new paladins are exclusively all from Earth. But then again, the rest of the galaxy is in the slave. True. Earth is like the only remaining planet, which is going to be a big thing here at the end, apparently. Yes. Next season, they're the going back home. They're going to Earth. The big cliffhanger of the newest season, it, it ends with like, we're going home, peeps. And you're like, oh no, because of the Gaul run. At least Lotor is going to come for Earth. Well, they left him in Quintessence world. Mad, he, and it looked like he was about to explode. He's gonna get out. I mean, I would believe this if Zarkon comes back this before. This guy's gotten out of jams, just like his dad. He he probably teleported out with his little. I don't want to reveal this yet. Yeah, but anyway, so we're, we're kind of ranting on different in different orders. I mean, we always go on tangents, so well, it's, well, it's like fun. Like I said, season three is mostly Lotor and we're finding out small things. Original Paladin, what's the backstory? Yeah. And then we got to season, technically season four, that's five and six on, yeah. on Netflix broken up. So that's where we are now. Yeah. Beginning of five is once again slow. Yeah. Um, I believe that's when, is that when Shiro comes back? Shiro comes back technically in see the beginning of season three. Okay. Well, of halfway through season three. Right. Okay, so yeah, we, we've got we've got Shiro back, but we find out that there's something Something's off. Really, it is pretty obvious because he's like, I near I narrowly escaped another Galrin prison, and they kind of you get you meet up with like Hagar and stuff. I found I don't know why I couldn't figure out that that Lotor was half Altan and that she's his mother, but I instantly was like, Shiro's a clone. <laughs> like they let him go on purpose. He's going to wreck some shit because he's going to be a sleeper cell agent. Because it's obvious. He's getting headaches and hearing voices. and You swear you get a vision of him coming out of a test tube. And the minute he came out of that tube from the prison with bunny ears yes. that he was in, I'm like, oh, he's a fucking clone. I, I figured they had the real Shiro somewhere. But it, yeah. it was, it was well, kind of moving and sad to discover. Speak, speaking on, on that right? note, in one of the recent episodes, when they find out that he's a clone, 
Like he's like gone. Like he he's fully taken over by Hagar. He turns evil and the whole thing. And he was just this empty they, vessel they, to be filled they, by When they find out that he's a clone, like at one point Lance is like, "Oh my God, he tried to tell me," and that's the one I don't remember. We mentioned earlier that I, there was a scene I don't remember about him talking to Lance, but apparently it had something to do with when they were all in the astral plane together. It might have been. Um, I'm not oh. sure when that happened though. Yeah, I do remember that. He was there was like Shiro in the distance yelling something or something like that, and he's like, "Ah!" I and can't Lance hear is the you. only one who was there. Yeah, and like Shiro was just like, blah, 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 blah. and that's when I knew something was wrong. Like, yeah. no, it's not. I I've been stuck in here because it's not so much he's dead. He was absorbed by the black lion. Yeah. So like his, his body consciousness is gone. was in the black lion. I guess yeah. he disintegrated, but his consciousness ended up basically in the black lion. So and it's kind of yeah. sad when you find that out because it's just in the middle of the episode. He's like, "I'm sorry, Keith. I think I'm dead," and you're like, "Dang." Yeah. And the previous episode is pretty heavy because it's Keith fighting Clone Shiro, and I thought, I I swear to God, I thought it was going to be traumatic because they're fighting on a space station and yeah. it's going down, and he's like holding on to unconscious Clone Keith, and he's like, "I have to let him go or else I'm going to die too." And you're sitting there. I was actually genuinely like, my heart was sinking in my chest, even though it's not the real Shiro. You're just like, oh no, because he's having flashbacks yeah. to the things that Shiro had done to him. Yeah. But the the beginning of season five finally reveals Keith's mother. Yes. Which it kind of comes out of nowhere. A little bit. I mean, I guess when you go back, you kind of pick up and you totally get it. But it, the episode just comes off as the end of it. It's like, sit down, you dumb boy. Listen to me. Blah, 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 blah. Why are you saying all this? Because I'm your mother. And you're yeah. just like, okay. Oh, shit. That happened. But yeah. I, I guess his mother's full gone. Now, to be fair, there there is something that I really love in this season. And it was the episode where it's just it's just him and her. No, they're going, they're sitting at the center of this... a planet that had already been robbed of quintessence, but there's still a tear there. Yeah. And it's constantly strobing or it's constantly it, it, having it's, outbursts. It, it's having bursts of like space time. Right. Every and, like minute and a half they can time it. And like they were, every single time it happened, they were like um, like experiencing flashbacks of things that happened in the past, things that might happen in the, in future, the future. Which is the first you know, hint about the evil clone thing. Yeah. Because he gets a flash <clears> forward where she were like, we're going nowhere. And he's all like. He's disheveled. And the area around them is all wrecked. Right, and you're sitting there like, oh, is that the season finale? Like, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, but that episode is cool. You basically get the entire yeah. backstory. And the cool thing is, is that, like, you know that it takes place in its own separate little thing because where they're at, there's gravity wells. Yeah. And for those of you who don't know astrophysics, the uh, as you revolve around uh, a huge gravity well known as a black hole, um, time tends to dilate. And right. on their way into this rift in time and space that leads to where Lotor's been hiding the Altaeans, um, they're actually on the back of this weird whale creature. Not a weblum. Um, not a weblum. A weird <laughs> whale creature. Not a for, for like six years for them. As they say it's been like six yeah, years. Yeah, he comes back and they make, they make, uh, they make um, you see him a little older because he's actually now legit like 25. But for them it's been like <laughs> like a week and a half. Right, like he goes in a 19-year-old and comes in as a mid, comes back yeah. as a mid-20s. For, um, for examples on how that works, watch the uh, the finale episodes of Doctor Who with, uh, with uh, Capaldi and Bill. Yeah, there's like a ship so large, time travels differently. And it's, it's a ship clo- so large, and one hole. end is close to a black hole, right. one end isn't. That was kind so of cool. So time is dilated. Um, Interstellar also deals with a lot of that. But Chris yeah. So if you're looking for examples in space-time dilation, have fun with that. Which is, uh, the, the arc you're talking about, the arc, the episode you're talking about, they, uh, they, they compact like a lot into one episode, this damn show. Like the whole arcs are like one episode. They basically pick up a new fan favorite character, which is Space Wolf. Yes. People love it's space. A, teleporting It is space a teleporting wolf. space wolf. It is adorable. Right. And space wolf is the best puppy. Because everybody technically has space pets. Like Pidge kept those little floating mothballs that she found in space. Yeah. Just the mice on the castle. <laughs> there are Laura's. Yeah, and yeah. now Keith brought his teleporting space wolf. His mom and of and course, his... of course, they have the cow. Yeah, Keltner. Keltner. <laughs> they picked up from Space Mall. Right. See, the, filler, the filler episodes all kind of connect, but they're always really fucking good because yeah. they figure when they do a filler episode, just go all out and just get zany and weird. Oh yeah. So Space the, Mall the, connects. Space Mall has that awesome fucking chase sequence where they're riding the cow right. on like a hover platform, it's like a hover and it's fucking board. gorgeous. And I got love far, it. They got Farcon on their tail, Mall Cop. 
Zarkon. Yes. I'll bring honor to you, Zarkon. I, Farkon. No. I am I am Varkon. I, I will Jack. bring honor to Zarkon. I am Arbiter of the Space Wall. Yeah. Yeah, but and have... and then we'll go to Rip It Sal's. Rip It Sal's. Yeah, I like that. Some old dude with the beard just sitting there washing uh... dishes. Like, hey, how long have you been here? I've been here since I was a little girl. <laughs> <laughs> You're just like, what the fuck? <laughs> and then it cuts and it's Pidge trying to just figure out which is the male and the female restroom, and she's like, oh, someone's coming out now, and it's just like this space blob, and she's like, oh wait, <laughs> she can't pick up the genders, which is funny. Uh, the the LGBTQ community uh, identified with Pidge being a queer character. Yes. Uh, undetermined, indeterminate gender, at least for a while. Yeah. And they thought that that was a very telling. That's what it was supposed to be a a, me, a meta joke, basically. Yeah. About that, but it really wasn't. It was just a funny joke of trying to, because the creators keep coming out and they're like, "We're really glad you guys identify and you found someone to get behind." Pidge just represents breaking the mold you know a girl who's into science and being the brains of the operation and doing things that aren't technically feminine but she she's not queer and she's not neither is she lesbian or you know but everyone thought that that part in that episode was telling for sure oh yeah. she identifies as a queer character and it's like no well, I mean, yeah. it's a fun character it's a fun little moment nothing wrong with that you know, let, the, right. let them have their their moment in the sun they get that cow in that episode and it connects to like the following Couple, the following seasons for their episode, which is literally, I think it's Lance trying to play a video game, an RPG, but in the meantime, making milkshakes for Corin and Allura when they love the milkshakes and they think it's fucking glorious, and then yeah. he takes them down to the cow and shows them like how it's done, and yeah. they're traumatized. They have like the anime saw animation where they just yeah, yeah no leg movement just whoop, they just go out of the frame and like we're out of here <laughs> like, and oh. they have the the, the big the, the the big eyes all shrunk down to yeah, like slivers like, the wrinkles over their forehead and the big like teardrop yeah uh, coming down their forehead yeah. and they're like oh they're so tra- they're traumatized to discover it's basically they eat weirder how? stuff I'm sure right but to them I guess that's alien like you drank from that thing's tea weird we just drink magic or something when we're little <laughs> oh fucking no but it's right. fun it's fun yeah, it, now um you wanted you to like touch upon your um your your episode of this season no no the, your special episode um, I don't remember the name, the name of the creature the, the big guy oh the weblum weblum yes the weblum yeah they have to go get more teledov lenses. Te- teledov lesen, lenses, which is what helps them teleport, teleport through. The, they, they open a wormhole through they, space. They refract beams of light, laser beams, until it becomes like it funnels a portal. Yeah, um, but they have this they have big, this big, huge plan to take down Zarkon at the end of season two. There, so we're really close, and, he and they, they needed a super big one. So big teleportation right. thing. So we had to create a separate teledive. So they have to go into like this space leviathan. <clears throat> and it's kind of like a journey into inner space because in there there's like giant blood cells are attacking them. But I just fucking love where it's like, okay, we're going to go. It's like Hunk and uh, Keith trying to like watch videos before they get there briefing them on the weblum. And there's this hilarious like how-to video from like 10,000 years ago. <laughs> and it's like public broadcast service quality and just like hello Coron here and I'm here to talk to you about the uh, the weblums like this fucking person comes in like a weblum so like hi there Coron like hi. Barney the Dinosaur like Barney the way Di- uglier yeah. and it's just like it's really darkly humorous like don't get too close to me because I can funnel lasers at my asshole I poop lightning and you're just like whoa but yeah like, the only line I legit remember is like remember stay behind the gills or whatever sorry the part they missed, they got fast forwarded. Yeah, it's like it starts playing in the background because all of a sudden it works. And yeah. you just hear going like, "Whatever you do, do not get in this line of sight. Stay behind the gills, because uh, if it sees you, boy, are you done!" And like it just cuts abruptly after the person in the suit goes, "That's right. If I can't see you, I can't kill you." <laughs> in the video, and I, I just remember laughing, his out loud, hysterically, like hard. And I replayed it about ten times. <laughs> yeah, I love that episode. I just love though. I love anything that involves oh, we're gonna shrink down and go in, and cells are gonna be large, and they're gonna attack us, and the white blood cells are the, the real danger when you're yeah. that small. And yeah, I love the journey through inner space kind of things. So yeah. I like that episode. So then you must have loved Into the Dalek. Yeah, no, I love things like that. They had to remake a movie. Like I think it's lame by today's standards. Like we're gonna shrink you down so you can go in and cure that person's well, the, cancer. So the thing is, is like in those old movies, 
I don't think they had a full understanding of how things worked in Bond. They could sort of, time. they could sort of like throw shit out right. and be like, oh yeah, the white blood cells, they, you know, they're doing certain things. But nowadays we kind of know how everything works. Yeah. So it'd be kind of boring. Like, oh, we just dodged that white blood cell. Okay. Hey. <laughs> you know? Watch or out. like put like an arm that swats it away and you know, something like that. I don't know. Right. But anyway. Yeah. So, um, uh, this season's filler, the newest season. Yes. The big filler episode was was a Magic and Mana. Is that the name of the? I think so. Play? It's a Dungeons and Dragons ripoff. Yeah. And it's it, it is animated in the way that they are imagining themselves playing their game. Yes. Which I thought was adorable. Like you said, eh, it's just a filler episode. But I'm like, this show has got filler episodes, down. Just like Avatar, <sighs> Korra not necessarily so much, but they had great filler in Avatar. Because a lot of fans will tell you that, oh, Avatar doesn't Well, have okay, episodes. like, okay, the, the episode where they were doing the Voltron show, yeah. that reminds me very much of the, the Ember Island players, the Ember Island players yeah. from well, Last Airbender. Because uh, in Lotor's little Finn Vital group, uh, one of them is legit the character Tylee, who's part of a Z- Princess of Zulu's yeah. kind of wrecking crew of Finn Vitals. She's the one that's the non-bender. But the She's the one with the, the pressure out. points that... Right. Disable your, right. your chakras. Yeah, she could just yeah, she just like a chi blocker, which they, yeah. they become chi blockers in Korra's era. Yeah, and like legit, I forget the name, alien name, but I think it's like Urzo or Urza. I think one Ezra. Of the, she's she's one. I think she is the voice actress of Tylee, and she's legitimately just Tylee's animation model, just done up alien. Yeah. So and she does the same thing. She has the same fighting style. So there's a lot they pull from Avatar, but. Uh, I think I, I'm running out of the things I love about the show. I, anything I, if I can think of the, the things I don't like about Voltron, uh, the short seasons are killing me. Yeah. Because they're like, oh, we can more. You know what me. kills me? The fact that in every single episode, with the exceptions of like three or four, they have to have that ham-fisted, stupid, long-winded, goddamn motherfucking transformation sequence. Like Sailor Moon. You see, my problem with the whole transformation sequence in general is, like, in one of the most recent episodes, they had the entire episode, and, like, nothing was really going on in the way of forming Voltron. And then at the very end, they have the 45-second long transformation sequence, and then they just fucking ended the episode. Yeah. It's like, no, you don't do that. You put it in the next episode... Or, like, I think at one point, like, there was an episode, like, they transform into Voltron for no reason. Like, season two or three. Like, they turn into Voltron, and then, like, oh, no, we can't beat him. We'll have to separate into our separate lions again in order to beat this guy. Right. Then why the fuck did you become Voltron? Yeah. They just, they just, they forced it in there, and it's really annoying. It was at some point, like, season two, they began just (laughs) skipping the transformation sequence entirely. Like, they'd be like, guys, we need to form Voltron. I think they were, no, 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 they no. were fighting in an ice rink at one no, point. No, no, They did it once in the episode, and then if they had to transform back and then back into it again, they didn't have the second oh, time. Oh, okay. That's what it was. I guess what they were fighting one of the road beasts, the one that was shooting lasers at us about in the, in the ice rings in space. Mm-hmm. They legitimately, like, you didn't see them become Voltron, and then they jumped through an ice comet and punched it in the face as Voltron. It was kind of a cool, like, wait, where did the five lions go? Voltron. Well, maybe they I did swear, that like, in one I, episode. So it was right there where I'm like, oh, they're going to start cutting the transformation sequences. Yeah. But to, and my, then they never did. Well, in my opinion, they, they, they become Voltron a lot less. Oh, so yeah. So it's like yeah. they usually... They, they, I, they I do the like... sequence when you want it the most, when you're sitting there like, oh, give us the fucking epic transformation sequence. And, I, I, and feel like, I feel like they've done it um, in almost every single episode of the last few seasons. With the exception of, like, two or three when they were separate. Like, oh, no, somebody went off on an adventure. We can't form right. Voltron. Oh, hold on. What's that transmission? Oh, it's Keith. He's coming in hot. And then they get all together, and you're like, up oh, here comes Voltron. Exactly. The team's together. So, yeah. Right. The one, Another one of my... Uh, I, I think I was beginning to say, like, oh, I can't stand the, the short bursts of episodes. I know what they want. It just cuts that season in half and kills the momentum. Yeah. Because they try to find the best stopping point they, they think is a good stopping point. And then yeah. the end of the season. But uh, one, I'm... Hagar's character is so confusing. We finally discovered who she is, what she's about. And even Lotor discovered who she is. Like, he didn't believe that his mother had become Hagar because he was reading her diaries. And they were like, oh my God, this, your mother Minerva 
it sounds like she lost her mind. You don't think that she's Hagar. And he's like, ah, I don't dare tell me my mother became that witch. And it, she became that witch. Yes. But uh, you're, just, you're not sure what she's up to. Yeah. Or she just, she appears whenever the plot needs her to do something creepy and witch-like. Yeah. But this season, she finally, like, embraced the full Altan. She's done pretending to be a Galran person. She's finally pulled the hood back. Looks like herself again, except way more emaciated with yellow eyes and shit. Yeah. Um, she's really creepy looking. Yeah, she was. she's like, she's undead. <clears throat> yeah. I remember there was like an episode of Whenever, and you kind of felt bad for her, because she was looking in the mirror, freaking out at how haggard she looks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, she's well, sitting there kind of like, oh my god, what have I become? But yeah, she's, I thought for a second, they're like, oh, are we going to get this like empathetic arc for her? I'm like, no. You know what? Something that bugged sure me. Something else that bugged me about this season in particular. There's this whole like love triangle thing going on um, in this season before we find out that Lotor is is as evil as we. Yeah, he has a Kylo Ren last Jedi arc, basically. Yeah, basically. Oh, he might be redeemed for a second. No, he's full on bad guy. No, he's he's full he's evil. He's full on. Like, but I'm like, gone. he's got a thing for Allura. Allura gets a thing for him. They even kiss at one point, and then we find out that. Alora, um, you know, realizes that he's he's evil. Everyone finds out he's evil, and she's like, "Why? Why did I let him get so close to me?" And she's all heartbroken. And Lance, homewrecker, <laughs> Lance has been in love with her since like day fucking one. Well, he loves everyone. Um, but like, he goes and confesses it to those weird space mice, space mice on yeah. the ship. And what do the space mice fucking do? Rats. They go fucking immediately to Allure and rat him out. Space rats, am I right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's just uh, fucking... Yeah. Ay, ay, ay. I, I can nitpick. Not all night long, but it's like, yeah, I have my nitpicks. But the, the show overall is amazing. Like, I, 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 it's a very good show. And, you know, I have... I have things I love about it. I have things I dislike about it. But, um... Like, I have a love-hate relationship, but sometimes I find things really predictable. Like, I sat here for two full seasons, technically four small seasons. Yeah. Basically, when Lotor's like, oh, I've been trying to find, you know, the quintessence ore from those meteorites, and he's been chasing asteroids. At least that's when you first meet him. He still yeah. kind of, he loves to chase asteroids and stuff. I'm like, let me guess, you want to build a meteorite ship so you can make your own version of Voltron or whatever. And I've just been sitting here waiting for it. And I'm like, oh, I finally built my prototype ships. Thank you. Princess Allura is helping me infuse them with elemental magic and stuff. And I'm sitting here like, evil Voltron, evil Voltron, evil Voltron. And then it finally happens, and I'm just like, evil Voltron, bitches. Fucking called it. Right. I'm just like screaming at the screen. Me too. Me too. And that's the finale. He basically, he does try to get redemption. He's like, hey, one more chance. Listen, I did terrible stuff, but quintessence is for the better of the galaxy. If we can can harvest unlimited quintessence, then the entire universe will prosper because I'll distribute it freely amongst everyone. The thousands that volunteer, he tries to convince himself they volunteered for the greater good, even Mm -hmm. though they didn't know what they were going for. Yeah. And then they end up in a lab like, whoa, what are you doing? Knock out put in the tube forever uh, yeah he's basically all like with this we can cure diseases we can end war and it basically becomes Alora's pissing match where she's like no and punches him in the face or lions him in the face <laughs> and he gets pissed off and like he ejects his general his, his femme fatale his chicks yeah. and then they're like what are you doing now and they all get sent off into space alive I assume they flew yeah. away in their jetpacks. Yeah. Uh, and then all of a sudden the ships all kind of and they start forming and you're like, uh oh. Evil Voltron. Yeah, and it's just a fucking yeah. evil and it only needs one pilot. It seems more agile. It's got the moves. It's faster. I mean, well, he, he can consistently, it's... was he breaking apart and then reforming at will? No. I could have sworn he was like breaking into the three ships and then they'd reform quickly. Nope. He was staying as one thing but um, he was so damn fast Voltron couldn't keep up yeah. because he was supercharged with more modern quintessence. Quintessence, and, but you know, his, was... his designs were also like top-notch aerodynamic. Like, yeah, not lions. His were actually meant for like speed racing. Yeah, they're these suave Corvette ships. And he had the ability to transport in and out of the pure quintessence dimension. He's like teleporting around. Yeah, and but yeah, they had their final face down in the quintessence, and like like I said, he'll be back. But uh, I thought a fun little Easter egg, at least from the pictures I've seen of old. Lotor, mm-hmm. uh, towards the very end of the scene where he's just losing his mind and freaking out, and they're gonna leave him. He's animated much like the original Lotor. He's got the very large fish eyes with the slit pupils, and his hair's all disheveled. And he, since he's part Galrin, he does have sharp teeth, but he was showing the sharp teeth more. He, nah. he, looked, he looked a lot more insane and kind of scary. Yeah. And I liked that. I'm like, 
you know, if he comes back, he needs to be the original villain of the bad Lotor. Not well, not the horn dog, but the, you know, I'm the heir to my father's throne, Lotor. Yeah, I don't. I think he's just gonna come back. Yeah, yeah he, I, he. I picture him coming back. He and can teleport back out. Acting kind of like if he does come back, I don't think he's gonna come back. At least not next season. Well, um, he's your villain otherwise. There's Sindak, who's mega arm. Hagar, dude. Oh, Hagar, you're right. Yeah. Like I said, though, I mean, they haven't. I think Lotor's done. Her well, enough. well, that's what this next season's going to be about. Well, I think. Hopefully, I mean, you I know? think it's a cool idea for a character, but she just you just don't know what her deal is. Like, she literally gets to the mythical land of Oriande or whatever it's called. Oriander. And you don't even know what she does there. She just like takes off her hood, like I'm Altain again. I'm home, and I, I assume she went and got the secrets of Altain alchemy or whatever. Well, I don't know. But you don't know what she did with it, I think. We'll find out. Okay, so we're just going to have to wait. Yeah. Because this season, I hate to say it, it finally spoiled us with all the answers to our yeah. questions. Um, but, you know, I think, unless there's anything else you wanted to no, bring I just, up, I think I that's just, about it. I thought it would be fun to do television for once. Yeah, just yeah. Shoot on and the, the fact that we came in after four slash six seasons... Um, I chose, like I said, I chose this as the right one to come in, uh, come in on because this was probably the most viral, yeah, memeable. Like all the big reveals were here, a lot of the questions were answered. Yeah, this was like the Game of Thrones, holy shit, yeah. hype season. So, um, I mean, it's a very good season. I definitely agree with you that we need to do an episode about it. Um, and I think for the fact that we sort of summarized six seasons in however long this episode's been. Yeah, we just kind of nitpicked and picked um, the things we remembered. Been about an hour or so. Um, yeah. Yeah, not bad. Yeah, highly recommend <clears throat> if you love your Avatar, Last Airbender, yeah. all the Studio Mer stuff. Of course, you've been, you've been spoiled on most of it, but if yeah. you don't mind spoilers, definitely go check out what we described. It's much better to watch it than it is to hear right. us talk about it. Right, and I try, to, <laughs> I try to think of as many Easter eggs and things I knew. Yeah. The actors we found out were behind the scenes and stuff. Um, now, on, on a wrap-up note, um, let's say, uh, given the fact that it's kind of like Avatar, how would you compare it? We got original Avatar, Legend of Korra, Voltron. Where would you put it in ranking? Ooh... Well, two are very similar because they're sequel shows. True, but I'm just saying. I, you know. I consider Avatar equal to Korra, personally. A lot of people okay. they won't give me that. I hate to say it, I, I put Voltron behind Avatar and Korra. Okay, so third That's place. That's cool. Um, just because I think it does. It <coughs> looks a little generically sci-fi. Yeah. But not a lot of the time. But when they finally started traveling and you saw more planets and stuff, it's beautiful. But when you're just stuck to the interior of that castle, or yeah. you're in a Galrin command ship, it's all just neon pinks. and So visually, it, it ends up being uninteresting sometimes. Yeah. Whereas like Avatar and Korra are gorgeous. Especially in Korra. Every they went all out frame, in Korra. i got to put those ahead of Ultron okay. from a visual standpoint. Here's how I would rank it. I'd put the entire Last Airbender series ahead, mm -hmm. the very top. Then I would put Korra. Um, then I would put Voltron. But below Voltron, I put Korra Season 1, because that was the most boring shit. Yeah. <laughs> I actually I tried to show a buddy of mine, like his six-year-old son, he loved Avatar, and I'm like, well, you know, there's another Avatar, kid. And we sat down and tried to watch Korra. He was into it, but he, he would have he would start chattering and getting he'd get restless, and I'm like, ooh, this is, this is kind of the more, it's, it's, it's the more mature show. Yeah, it's more for teenagers. And, I mean, anytime the villain showed up, he was like pissing his pants, and like, what's the villain's deal? And he loved like the final three episodes. But now we're in book three and he's loving it, like the extreme benders who can do mm. anything. He's like loving Korra. But, yeah. But I think we'll show him Voltron next, where I'm like really excited to get yeah. Voltron. Because he thinks it's all over and I'm like, you're not going to comprehend this, but the people that make Avatar make other things. <laughs> Here's the other thing they made that isn't Avatar. Yeah. And see if he has any interest whatsoever. Yeah. Giant robot with a flaming sword. Yeah. Cool, huh? That's pretty yeah. cool. Um, one little thing I want to throw out there real quick. Well, uh, I made a bunch of comparisons between Voltron and the Megazord from Power Rangers. There is two major differences. In the Megazord, all five pilots join into a central cockpit. In um, Voltron, each pilot stays in their individual lion heads. Well, they're controlling the individual parts of the body. Yeah, um, which makes it much more difficult to right. pilot. I, I'm sitting there like, wow. Like, I'm picturing... I think at one point they did like a... 
Like, uh, what if you kicked left and like the rest of the robot didn't want to go with it? Would you just like disassemble? Would you... I, I I don't know, but I'm just picturing like I think at one point they did like a spiral kick. Like one leg was down, one leg was out, and they just kept spinning around. Like the person in that line was gotta be getting sick. I think like <laughs> oh, probably yeah, or they all get sick together. I think their minds like neurolink when they become Voltron. Oh maybe. So they're all running off of like what do I want to say like intuition and instinct and stuff. So they, they when one Paladin gets an idea. Yeah. They're all feeling like, oh, Keith's going to go for a sword. I can feel it. So they're yeah. all like, form a sword together. And yeah. And the, the robot's doing a lot of it itself. And they just need to be. Yeah. Them. And the other difference is, is like the Megazord didn't have a lot of weapons. Um, but Voltron's got a lot of stuff. It's got the shield. Well, it's got uh, the sword. Got the yeah. laser beams. That's a lot of fun of the shows. Yeah. They, they're they're always unveiling like new power ups. Basically, it's like watching yeah. a video game because they're always unveiling some new thing the robot can do or some yeah. new weapon. The more they bond with it, the, the more things, things it can do. Because like their Bayards begin evolving too. They're like, actually, I think it's the first season that. They're like, wait, the lion's calling to me, and this little panel comes up where they stick their Bayard in. Yeah. It's so like, I'm a hunk. I get the big chunky lion because I'm the big chunky guy. My Bayard thing's calling to me, puts it in. What's it going to be? It's like a big bulky rocket launcher yeah. that Voltron takes out. You know, things like it's, that. It's pretty cool. Yeah, but that's, that's like the fun of watching the opening seasons. But yeah. I don't want to ruin any more in yeah. case people are unspoiled and decided yeah. to listen to this. But anyway, <laughs> um. This has been uh, the Think Between Worlds podcast. If you guys want to send us any emails letting us know your opinion about Voltron or, hell, any uh, Avatar The Last Airbender or anything, yeah. uh, feel free to shoot us an email at thinkbetweenworlds at gmail.com. You can reach us on Twitter at tbetweenworlds. We're on uh, Facebook and Tumblr, and we're all over the place. Um, and just to let you guys know, we are coming up on the last few episodes of the first season of think between worlds if you guys are interested in hearing a second season let us know and i think i don't know if it's too early to announce this but um i'm gonna see about maybe setting up a patreon for season two because right now we're sitting in a kind of odd place to uh record um, on the ground, kind of legs in a, crossed, in a, study, in a weird position, and right. I'd like to get like a more professional mic, maybe right. some better recording we software. Sit low the acoustics are nice. There's like a chair and a kind of a couch yeah. here. That our like, our um, voices refract back to the microphone. Yeah, yeah. Still, and maybe, still maybe sound great, some but... better editing software. Right. Yeah, it'd be nice to to get in there. And if you guys are interested in that, let us know. All right. In the meantime. Uh, thank you all so much for listening, and we'll see you next week with Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, all Here's right. my review. I'm not going to be there. You can do it all yourself. What? Yeah. Uh, That's fine. all I say. I thought it was great. I thought it was all right. Uh, anyway, thanks, guys, and we'll see you in the next world. Ciao. The Think Between Worlds podcast was created by David Kennedy Fauna and Derek Gillen. It is hosted by David Kennedy Fauna and Derek Gillen. It is edited by David Kennedy Fauna and it is produced by David Kennedy Fauna, Derek Gillen, and Madison Snedman. Musing by Kevin McLeod from Incomptech.com and cover art by Davey Jones. Thank you all so much for listening and we hope to see you in the next world. Karan out! <laughs>